You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 698 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. Today, we will report on all the important goings on at USDF convention with President George Williams. We also have a happy holiday segment with Beth Hayes from The Horse, of course. Ride IQ and Lauren Spreiser have provided us with a great tip about inspiring the right kind of energy from your horse even before you ride in the trainer tip of the week. Reese Poplar Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks, uh, not from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, Phil, where are you? You have to tell us if you're not in Rockwood. No, I'm uh, I'm up at my parents' place uh, near Brockville, Ontario, so even a little further north, a little further east, um, just kind of uh, visiting uh, we're 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 kind of doing our pre-Christmas visit because uh, because of our schedules and all of that. Mine and Meredith, um, we aren't going to be able to make it up to see them, you know, for Christmas. So we decided we're going to do a a little bit of an early trip and then a little bit of a late trip uh, next next month in yeah. uh, in January. So we're going to do half now and half you know half then and and uh, and, and that's how how we just can make yeah. it work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I mean, I think this is the struggle always for busy people and, and horse people. And Meredith is a, is a very active veterinarian. Like it's just hard. And on some level, I kind of like that. Like I like that it's not on Christmas day and you can spend a little bit more time. You get to go and it's not a rush. We are always rushed or I'm like, I have to go and feed the horses. Like, yeah. So I love this idea. Well, we, we've also got to, we've got to worry about, you know, weather conditions and stuff. So um, yeah. many times, you know, Christmas doesn't actually happen on Christmas because we get snowed in the day before the day. Anyway, so it, we, yeah. we found uh, a few days love it here and there. It's, it's raining. It's not snowing. So <laughs> even we're, better. We're gonna make it here too. Yeah. It's cold. It's, it's probably the same temperature. It's cold and rainy. And, and uh, yeah. Well, you'll have to say the best to your parents. I love your parents. They're wonderful. And your mom, they, a lot of people maybe don't know, you got your start with your parents and your mom. And um, Yeah, she kind of threw, threw me on a horse. Yeah, she threw <laughs> me on many horses. Uh, over, over. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, I, I have heard of blame for uh, for a lot of good stuff and yeah. maybe, maybe a few negative things, but uh, that's how it goes. Well, I love it. They're wonderful. And that kind of leads us in actually great discussion on helmets. Uh, this study came out this week um, from um, it's Virginia Tech helmet ratings, equestrian helmet ratings in 2022. And what's really interesting, there's a whole article, we will put it on our Facebook page. But basically, um, interestingly enough, price does not have to, price doesn't equate to safety, right? So the number one helmet that was rated, which is a five-star rating, is the Champion Revolve X-Air MIPS. And interesting, this cost $460 with a five-star rating. Number two was the Tough Rider Carbon Fiber, cost $58, has a five-star review. And then the third was the IRH Equilite, $50. It had a four-star rating. Um, and then number four was the Charles Owen four-star, four-star rating. And then number five, and you can really look at the list of where your helmet fits in. The Tipperary Shortage Hybrid was $150 at a four-star rating. So, and in and, and this list, they go on, I, I'm, I'm scrolling down. They the, On this, they do, I think, the top 35, oh, so 40, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, again, we'll post it so you can kind of see where your helmet is. But, you know, again, you can get the number two rated helmet. And we're not sponsored by by this any of these companies. Um, but it's $58. And I think it, it, helmet safety, we do talk about it. But it is a good reminder if you have, you know, fallen this, this year and, and bumped your head or fallen in, at least think you bumped your head, you do need to replace your helmet. That's actually really critical. So I did think that that was an interesting article. Um, I sent it to you too, Phil, so you could could read it, and I thought we should talk about it. 
Yeah, I mean, um, as with most things, uh, you know, it, it's more form over function as, as yep. far as, you know, how much you want to spend. Um, you know, this is great that they have these safety ratings so, so that, you know, somebody independent has sort of, you know, uh, done a lot of tests and, and devised a way to determine, you know, what's a, what's a safe mm -hmm. helmet. And, and like you said, Reese, it's, it's not even, you know, 60 U.S., for right. the the safest helmet you can buy, so right. I mean a lot a lot a lot of you know there's a lot of things with helmets uh, you know that's going to um, help you. That the new MIPS technology is great. You can uh, research about that. Um, you know, but I, I I remember seeing something like this in you know in uh, in Canada. Hockey mm -hmm. helmets is a big thing, and, and yeah. oh, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I think sure technology. Yeah, and the different technologies and whatever, and mm -hmm. and you know they they were saying on this news report that, um, you know, safety doesn't equal dollar value. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad that there's another way to sort of be able to evaluate because otherwise, you know, um, parents and, and and whatever would go out yeah. and just buy the most expensive helmet, and and that's right. not necessarily the best helmet, and. Um, you know, and especially eventers, they fall off a lot. They, you know, yeah. they, it's just part of the part of that sport. But uh, you know, yeah. then if you're eventing, so. you know, you're you're replacing your helmet every time. And uh, I, I, you know, yeah, I, exactly. It's and uh, if it's, it's not, a four hundred dollar helmet, it's not about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they a and helmets fit differently. Helmet every time, right. yeah. And and that's what's good about that list, right? Because helmets do fit differently. Um, you know, there's certain helmets that I love and certain helmets that, that I don't wear, et cetera. So I think it's uh, fit is really important, right? And I think that's just something to remember. I mean, Phil, you and I remember, you know, 20 years ago, you look like you're wearing a mushroom on your head. Like it, they have really gotten cooler. And obviously now, um, I mean, I went down the CDI ring in a helmet and I will continue to do that, right? So um at the, and so at that level, you do have a choice, but I think it's really important to wear it and, and they look good. So, um, and it's part of the culture now. So I just thought that was really good. I, I wanted us to talk about it because um, I felt like it was important. And again, look at the list, look where your helmet rates. Uh, you may want to upgrade your helmet. Um, if it's time, it's Christmas time, um, which is, you know, hey, I am all for practical gifts. My sister wants boots. Uh, for Christmas, we're, we're making that happen. You know, I love I love a practical gift and something that that we can use. And even just having one sort of in the barn, you know, if you need it, if it's on sale or whatever, I like to have a second one. Um, just uh, if I fall off right away, I have another one. So, uh, no, it's great. So I thought that was really good information and we wanted to share it. So we'll make sure it gets on our Facebook page. Um, but, Bill, are you doing anything this week fun for the holidays while you're visiting your parents? Uh, no, we're just going to have, uh, just some together time and, uh, and some, some nice meals and, and, and that's a, that's the plan. Love it. Oh, I love it. I went to my niece's Christmas play, um, because I've, um, been going South early in December and with COVID, obviously I, I didn't feel comfortable flying home. So I really, um, you know, I've missed a few Christmases, so I'm home and really happy to go to my niece's Christmas play and, and she showed me her desk and all that fun stuff. And, uh, we're, we're busy bees. The horses are working. Uh, we're still, she's still trucking here. Um, so, which is great. We had the USCF convention. So we're going to have a great discussion with George Williams, the president of USCF about the convention. Uh, but I, uh, enjoyed it and, and I was able to give a talk, which was really fun, um, I spoke on creating effective goals, which was great because uh, that's coming up here shortly for the new year. And so that was really fun. And uh, I thought it was a really, really fun convention. So I was glad we were able to host it here in Lexington. It's always uh, nice. That I can sleep in my own bed and snuggle my puppy while, uh, while we're here. But uh, it was a great convention. So we're going to have a commercial break and we will come back with President George Williams. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. 
Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, today it's my honor to have USDF President George Williams. He was a man who wears many hats, and we're so thankful he gave us some time tonight. George, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be back. Well, you you really do. You wear many hats, and, and you were so kind to come on the show and kind of give us a recap of what happened here at convention in Lexington last week. So I'll hand you the mic. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, you know, I think first I have to say it was it was great to be have a convention, be back in person, and and see everybody after a two year hiatus. Um, and I think that really there there was a lot of energy because of that. Um, <clears throat> the the attendance attendance was maybe just a little less than uh, what it had been in previous years. But I think, as I said, that. The, uh, it was still the same amount of energy and I think in the end the same amount of enthusiasm and, and people just, as I said, happy to be back. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the convention is really, uh, there's a lot that goes on. <laughs> there's the governance side of things. There's uh, the education that we offer and then also uh, the gala, which this year ha- just happened to be on Friday night. Um, I think so. Some of the the highlights, and actually one of the things before I go into the highlights, one of the things I want to point out is we had a slightly different um, structure, if you will, to the the convention. Uh, That We made a real effort to make sure that there were no conflicts. In the past, we had had some complaints that there could be some uh, committee meeting or a meeting that somebody would be very interested in. And at the same time, there might be an educational session going on that they would like to have been able to attend. Um, so this year, uh, the format was uh, um, designed in such a way that there really were uh, no, uh, I don't think there were any conflicts in the end. So where they were, they were minimal. Um, George, can no, I just, uh, yeah, sorry, can I yeah. jump in and, 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 and just ask you a quick ch- question about being able, like, were you able to, or was USDF able to incorporate some of the, um, the, the online, uh, aspects that, that may, that may improve convention for people who aren't able to, to go? Yeah, and that, that's a, an interesting question and one that we actually had, uh, we being the executive board. It was staff had uh, discussed quite a bit. Um, ultimately, we decided not to add an online aspect to this year's convention. 
um, it would one it would have been you know added uh, it would have been a later add-on um, some of the convention had been being planned prior to my coming on to the board as president in January um, but I think it, the the feeling was let's see let's put do this one in person see how the attendance is how people get back you know are willing to come back and I think the other question if we had added it a little bit later is are there then some that say, oh, shoot, you know, I wish I hadn't made the plane reservations. Uh, I wouldn't have made the arrangements to go when I could have just stayed home. Uh, so that there, you're always sort of aware <laughs> of how it would affect, I think, you know, all all of the members and, and the different ways they might be affected. Um, we also felt that it really, you know, some of this is best, it, some of it can really be done best in person. And I think that's one of the, the beauties of of USDF it, it is probably one of the most democratic of our of all of the affiliates and of the different equestrian organizations, um, and having this uh, you know ability to be there in person and and then to have our board of governors in person where there can be it's easy to easy to have discussion. Um, I think some of the educational sessions you know in a lot of ways of course that would be nice to be able to do live um, or, or virtual. Um, but I think it's, you know, ultimately we decided to keep it all in person and no virtual aspect to it. And, and George, you mentioned it, but I think it's it's a great just idea of USDF is that um, there is a board of governors. Can you kind of explain sort of the board of governors and uh, the PM delegates? Because like you said, members really actually have quite a bit of say in, in what happens. Right. Yeah. So. I think that just a very, very brief history is that it, the, you know, the USDF when it was founded in 1973, uh, Lowell Boomer really was the, the uh, person behind it and making it happen. Uh, it in a lot of ways was a federation of riding clubs. Um, so those are what we call <clears throat> group member organizations. So the GMOs uh, are able to send representatives or, or delegates uh, to the Board of Governors. The Board of Governors is where all of the, really all of the official, I would call it the official business of the USDF is done. Um, bylaws, any changes to bylaws have to go through the Board of Governors. Uh, the budget has to go through Board of Governors. Financials have to be, um, in the end, um, presented to the, you know, presented, we present them in quite a bit of detail to the Board of Governors. Uh, so the I think and then a lot of the different programs can be affected by by the board of governors, um, and and some of the programs put to, put motions forward to the board. Uh, when I say programs, some of the committees that are in charge of the programs put motions forward to the board. Um, and then we have the PMs, which you mentioned, Reese, are the participating members, and within each region, depending on the number of members within a region, there are PM delegates. Um, and those are nominated and voted on by the membership within the regions. And they represent, you know, obviously they represent their region. Um, <clears throat> so there is that representation. And then I think what does make us, I think, <laughs> fairly unique is that we really do strive for a great deal of transparency in how we do things. Yeah. So the Board of Governors is 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 crucial and, and, you know, it is where we conduct business and what allows us to conduct business and continue on. Yeah, exactly. And, and the PM delegates are voted by the membership. So it's kind of the same as the house of representatives kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there is a mm -hmm. voice and if you want something brought up as a member, your PM delegate can do it and, and, and in sure. the board of governors. Yeah. Right. And they're the only ones allowed to make motions, but you know, during this year we had council meetings, which, there are three councils that make up um, the various committees, and depending on the type of the committee, uh, they're you know they're within the council. So we have a, a an administrative council. We have an activities, which is a lot to do with um, sports, and of course the other council is escaping me right at the moment. Yeah. But <laughs> but with it, what is it? You you know, Reese, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the technical right, technical council. And and so within these, then, then that's where the committees are. And, and during these council meetings, any member can any member who is not a delegate, right, um, mm -hmm. 
and actually even ones who aren't members because we don't check membership, they can bring up ideas for discussion and throw out suggestions on how what how programs can be changed. So, you know, the, the, these things play a very, very important role for us because, one, it gives us the feedback that we need to try to make the programs really work for all of our members. And two, um, it's really one way of attracting volunteers into the to work on the on the committees and to help the programs uh, because we're, you know, like any, we are volunteer. We're actually volunteer led. We have a very, very good staff that works for us in Lexington. Um, but it's really um, <clears throat> the ideas. And a lot of that comes through the volunteers and the executive board is all volunteer. So, you know, a lot of the board members like myself started out speaking up in a, in mm-hmm. those days, it was a council, but speaking up in a committee, and then if you speak up enough, sometimes you become chair of the committee <laughs> and then, yeah. and then you, do, you, know, you can keep going up through through <laughs> the USDF. And uh, so, you know, my, my rise actually started way back as, as somebody who went to the convention and, and spoke up. And, and in my case, it had to do with a competitor group um, that really was uh, had, at that time, actually, a lot of the TAD dressage tests. You know, it's putting a lot of influ- input into the dressage test. Um, they weren't created by USDF at the time, but <clears throat> US Equestrian or AHSA was doing them. But we were able to put a, give a lot of input and a lot of ideas. And then out of that, we also had a we created a year of the footing to really draw attention to the footing at different competitions. So I think a lot of these, it is a really, it can be a very valuable place um, for for people that want to speak up and and to have a voice. So, I yeah, think and that you part of feel, more, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and really, it seems intimidating. I think the first year you go, you're like, it's very intimidating, and then you kind of get the swing of it. And so, I do think that's where the in person meeting comes in, where if you can really do a go to the convention and see how it, how it runs. And you know, George exactly. is walking around. You can just you can talk to yep. George, <laughs> which sounds crazy. Yeah, but, can, you can walk yeah. up to any board member, any suggestions. We're always really willing to hear to listen to them we may appear um busy but we really we're <laughs> we like to appear busy no not really. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I we none of us mind uh members coming up and coming up with suggestions or comments so i think i think it's that to me is the the fun part of it and and i think it's exactly as you said reese that's why it was so it's so important to try and have it in person that aspect of it yeah, yeah. Were there any, you know, items, hot items, obviously the new test came out. So that was a great lecture on the new tests and how, how they were going to work and what were the changes. I thought that was just, we had Nadine Schwartzman on the, on the program. She gave a very similar uh, discussion. I think we were her, her go first, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a really good, anything else that, that came up? Cause there's always lots of good stuff that comes up. I know. I, I don't think there was much controversy um other than maybe through the usdf rules in that presentation uh it is the usdf you know the usdf convention is a great place to be able to listen and get a better understanding of rule changes that are being proposed or put forward through the u.s equestrian usdf um so and and of course with the rules there's always some controversy but it, it's yeah. <laughs> also a good opportunity to kind of talk through those and and try to find some either you know common ground or or um, basically find some common ground or, or really voice uh, in opposition to a rule that may be being proposed so there there was a little bit with that of course uh, that has quieted down and mm-hmm. um, but I think that that the USCF is is um, Happy to have received the feedback that they received. Um, maybe not <laughs> always the way it was presented, but but I think as it came forward from the convention, I think it, it was a very positive thing. And, and, and we are. It shows you that you are able to influence. Um, and, and George, some that, of these things. those rule changes, yeah. and I think that that people are always like, we had no idea the rule changes were coming out, and they're always published, right? So I think that's always yes, important to let people public. know that. Yeah. And it, yeah, and you really have to probably visit the website. It it is really. I think you have to be. Unfortunately, you have to be kind of looking for them. They're yes. not something that's out there in your face, um, but they are. They're all there. Um, 
there's there's usually a, a button or a connection from the US DF website. Um, and I'm, I'm not always positive it takes you to the USDF, but where you're able to actually write in comments as well for the USDF. So I think that that is, you do have to be looking for them, though. You have yes. to know that it's, yeah, and that happens every fall pretty much. It yeah. does, and I think there's always feedback <laughs> on that. Um, yeah. and, and I think people don't understand that that oh, that is always happening and the rules are always getting looked at. So I, yeah. I had several people like, oh, I had no idea that was happening. And I was like, well, it, it is published. Um, so exactly. I yeah. that's important yeah. that people, yeah. if you're interested, you should yeah. Um, and, and, ask. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that, that, that with that whole thing, the whole, the difficulty is always getting the word out. You know, mm-hmm. how, how do you make, get the message out? And, and so I, anybody who is interested, I would encourage visiting the website. Yes. Um, yeah, USDF.org. Um, the other, the other, you know, you mentioned the the new test. That, that session was, I think, very well attended and very popular. And, and as you said, Nadine and Sarah Geeky did a, a super job with that. Um, and then the other one that I thought was very, very interesting was a competition management session. Um, we had over 75 attendees to it, and it really was about um, be prepared. These are for competition managers, but it, it's. I think it's also very useful and interesting information for competitors uh, and being prepared for accidents and different types of emergencies and then isolation plans for, for horses that uh, may have temperatures or uh, that need to be isolated from other horses. Um, but there was quite, quite a lot of, I think, very, very good discussion um, on that one. And that it was a, a very engaging session, I thought. Um, so those, 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 that was one of the council meetings, you know, and one of the other mm-hmm. council meetings, it just happened to be a lot of very good discussion. It, it was within the activities council, which oversees a lot of different programs. Um, uh, but this year, you know, when we do it with the councils, all the committees are able to present their information and, and there's no, we don't direct where it's going to go most of the time. Um, and the reason I say most of the time is that the mm-hmm. test writing, the test, test introducing the new test was part of of that council and how they presented it, and they decided that would make be their focus. But the other ones, it was really much more of a general discussion, and and for the administrative and for the activities. And on the activities, there's a lot of good discussion around the youth membership, and then uh, in the administrative, there's a lot. I think a lot of very good discussion. Uh, about what USDF could do better for the GMOs for and how we could help promote them. And, uh, and I think that is such an important issue because the GMOs are, are really crucial to USDF, but they also, you know, they're part of the whole outreach to, uh, to people, new people coming into the sport or, or just, you know, starting to get interested and wanting to do it on a more local level. Yeah. So. And George, so that was, there was all really, very, I think, very positive. Yeah, yeah. there was great because one of your hats is is the youth coach, and um, I thought one of the discussions that came in would I would happen to be in in that committee meeting, and it was really interesting. Um, one of the discussions is um, how do we keep and bring youth into the sport, and a lady stood up and she talked about how uh, their GMO does an all youth run horse show, and it's to give yeah. back to yeah. the adult yeah. amateur. I thought yeah. that was so cool. And, um, and I wonderful idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. think um, if you have a good idea at your GMO and you're doing something like that, especially to get youth involved, let USDF know. Um, exactly. I think that's important because yeah. nobody even yeah. knew about this lady. And and it was so cool. She had a video. We played the video. Um, and, and I just thought it was a good call to say, you know, it, it is a general problem. I th- I'm sure all sports are having that, getting youth involved. And um, mm-hmm. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was neat. And I think that's one of the nice things that can happen is you can have this exchange. And they do, they did have, a, you know, a session where it was GMO roundtables. And those are separated or divided is a better word, divided by the size of the GMOs. So uh, small GMOs would meet, could meet and discuss their ideas and medium size and larger ones. Um, and I, I, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to attend that, but I think again, there can be a lot of that same type of discussion, but I think the idea that the fact that this, what you just mentioned came out of more of a general meeting is actually mm-hmm. even more valuable in a lot of ways. So, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was, is it was discussing, you know, that one of the questions to the kind of the group was how do we keep youth involved? And she just very, she was awesome. She stood up and she's like, I have this horse show and it's all run by youth. And, and I love that because, um, my niece, for example, um, we have our little pony club ne- this weekend and she doesn't want to ride. Mm-hmm. She's a little nervous of riding, but she wants to take pictures and she wants to hand out the, you, you, we're giving her administrative jobs and she's really yeah. excited about that. She gets to be the coordinator and, um, and I love it because I think that's, oh, that's, that's also, great. yeah, yeah, also yeah. part of this. Well, maybe maybe that's a, the, yeah. the Margie in her. Yeah, actually, George exactly. George coached my sister for many, many years. I think it's actually my sister a little bit. George yeah. can tell you. Coach my sister. Uh, yeah, and again, but it, yeah. it, I think, Philip, that's it. You know, my mom was a big volunteer in USDF, and she sort of instilled that in us. And um, mm-hmm. and I think that yep. comes from, you know, your trainer volunteering. And 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 like George said, there's, there's a place for everyone. You just kind of have to find where you fit. Um, and, and George, because exactly. this is yeah. – Part of my pa- passion, and um, I know it's coming out, but can you kind of give us an update on the, the instructor certification program? Mm-hmm, certainly. The um, we over the last couple of years, we've been reviewing, if you will, the instructor certification program, and, and um, we put together a number of smaller groups to work on certain aspects of the program and to look at it and see um, what we could do to to refine it and to keep it moving forward and really address, you know, some of the issues and some of the needs that are out there. Um, so what we're looking at is running a few, um, we're calling them pilot programs because we came up with what we think might be a nicer format or a better format. Um, but we're looking to, to run, I think it's three this coming year. Um, the changes that will be being announced and, and, you know, some of those changes are that, you know, you, you would have to attend a, a, a program or a development weekend where, where there's an assessment and whether uh, the, those that are running it feel that you are ready to go for the testing. Um, so then those would be mandatory so that, uh, I, to help people be better prepared to go for the testing. Um, with that, we're looking at ways to expand the educational and more educational modules that could be part of the program um, that could be taken, you know, maybe t- some taken before entering, some taken during, um, and, and through those educational modules uh, to be able to expand uh, <clears throat> the, the, the range of content, basically. Um, I think one of the things that became very clear when we were looking at at the program and the way it's run is, of course, it's a certification program, but I think being able to increase the amount of education that can be provided um, and, you know, and saying that, of course, nothing makes up for time in the saddle and, and experience that way, um, that we can't do, but we certainly can provide more I think can provide more education that would be uh, uh, just learning, learning the the theory, learning the background, um, and learning those things. So this sort of practical, of course, does take time. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, you know, ultimately to be able to have a mentorship sense, in the sense that if somebody. Uh, uh, goes and, and maybe they're a little weak in an area that there can be a list of people that could help mentor them in that area and prepare them better for the for when they do go for the exam. <clears throat> so what we're hoping, of course, is that by the time somebody does go to the exam, they are really um, prepared for the exam. And I think the other part of that is that this would also allow individuals to start at a higher level. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, if you're pretty pretty accomplished, you could you could start, you know, see go to one of these, see if you're really ready to just go straight into the fourth level mm-hmm. uh, certification plan, and similar to what we ha- have been doing with the FAI level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're all very very positive, and we'll be bringing out a lot more details as we move forward. But I think they're very positive. I, I feel very very strongly that. You know, in order for a certification program to really work, we have to get 
the uh, <clears throat> for me the younger professionals. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> me more too, George. That. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but really the ones that that are you know older teenagers, maybe in early twenties, but or younger te- older teenagers really look up to and are their heroes. And if those people are involved, then I think it can help us immensely, and in really making sure that the next generation thinks of it as something that they really should just sort of automatically do, right? And not, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I, I yeah. think a lot of people have worked really hard on it and uh, I think it's yeah. fantastic. I think yeah. it's, it's it seems to be, be very well received for the, uh, the ideas that we did present. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So. Well, George, anything yeah. else in closing yeah. for the membership? I, I, the only thing I would like to say is I think that, that the gala is such a special event. And, you know, one of the things that USDF it does, we're education, we're recognition, and um, and the promotion of sport. But I think that recognition, you know, we do it a lot through course competition, but I think recognize, recognizing riders' achievements. And, you know, that we do the Horse of the Year at the, at, at the gala in person, and mm-hmm. we did the Rider Medal Awards, which I think are so crucial and knowing people who have really worked and make that their goal. And, and um, for me, you know, I'm usually up there presenting some of them and uh, the amount of emotion and you just know the hard work that they put into it and how much it means to them. And, and for me, it's always a very special occasion and quite meaningful. And we really, <clears throat> um, really wanted it to be able to be in person and to be able to do that. Um, it was, so that, it was, that was cool. Great. Yeah. And you, yeah. you were up there. You were up there for hours. I, <laughs> you, you said a few. I'm like, George, you were up there because what was so kind is it, it was 2021 20, and 22 this year. So yeah. it was probably yeah. a little bit longer. And, and kudos to the yeah. staff because they really they, they, they did had a some super challenges. Job and, yeah, but we felt that the, they were not able to, you know, receive them or accept them in person in 2021. That it really was important for. Uh, yeah, to be able it to was it was special that. as a writer. It was yeah. it was very kind that 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 yeah. we were able yeah. to do that. It was a really yeah. special night, and uh, and I agree. And and if you and if anybody yeah. ever gets to go, you know, people get dressed up and they and they celebrate. And it, no, and it, it's a it's, it's awesome. a it's a fun evening, and of course we yeah. get to recognize those in the sport that have given so much. Uh, with you know, Janine Malone is going into the Romer USTF Romer Hall of Fame, and Lisa Greta with a lifetime achievement, and. Uh, where our volunteers of the year was Gwen Ka'avaloa, and also um, for the youth volunteer of the year was Marin Elise Fush Hansen. And then we have the member of distinction, I can't forget, uh, and that is somebody who does, who's made a significant difference in their area or their region. And that was uh, Bonham Acusa received that this year for what she's done for Indiana and Region 2. So it's really, it's really quite fun. And I think this recognition is such a crucial part of it. So for all the hard work people put into it. Thank you. You don't get enough recognition, the amount of things that you do. We really appreciate it. And you did, you stood and smiled. You were the same smile for every, you probably presented a thousand words. I have to thank Mary Phelps for teaching me how to smile for a photograph. She's the one who did that. So You did it. You did a great ago. job. Because you're like on everyone's desk or wall and you look great. Well, George, for one last question tonight, how can our listeners find you online? Um, they can easily email me at president at usdf.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, George. Yeah, we promised just a half an hour and you've been amazing. And and again, thank you so right. much for this uh, kind of state of the union and, and telling us, and, and we hope we can have you back next year and, uh, and do this I, report. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. And I hope you guys have a happy holidays. Thanks. You too. We're the Healthy Critters Crew. I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. If you're a horse lover, dog lover, cat lover, llama lover, chicken lover, parrot lover, paw and hooves and feathers lover, Healthy Critters is for you. We have fascinating guests, nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN. Brought to you by Biostar U.S.
Well, tonight we are so excited. What has become quite a tradition here on the Dressage Radio Show. We are so happy to have Beth Haste from The Horse, of course, on the line. Beth, welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks for having me. This is really great. I know. We were just talking before we got on air. We think this is our fourth or fifth time we've done this. So now I've, I've officially made it a tradition. You come on every December to, and right around sort of um, the beginning of the holiday season to kind of talk to us about what is new and hot in the dressage world in regards to tech and equipment and uh, things to wear and buy for gifts. So I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. Um, we have a whole new line that came in from France. And it's called Penelope, and they're beautiful belts, beaded with designs, phone cases that attach, and they don't have to, they unsnap so you don't have to open your belt. Um, they also have beautiful leather tote bags and purses, and oh, and they have the cutest sneakers you have ever seen with gold laces and little gold and navy and white, and they're like, oh, my God, so cute. So that's one of the things that's very hot. And then I have to say um, there is a bunch of new belts out there. Pacora's got some new belts that are pretty exciting. And also we have some really nice cutting boards and um, that have dressage horses on them. And that are really lovely. And also chocolates. You know, when you don't know what to get somebody and you don't want to, don't have to have a size, get them chocolates. And we have Harper Sweets chocolates in stock that are just lovely. And they're in the shape of dressage horses. So that's like super fun. Um, and then we also have some, I do have to say, we have some new britches that are just running out the door. And they're made from a company called KL Select, and they're called Gabriella. And they fit beautifully. The fabric is stunning. And they feel like Lululemon of britches. And so they're a lot of fun. So, and we also have wine bottles, uh, wine holder. And then we have one other thing that's really fun. We have little horses made from corks for ornaments on the tree. And we're selling them to hang on a bottle of wine when you go to somebody's house. Because you're not only giving them a bottle of wine, but you're giving them a unique um, handmade ornament for the tree. And it's made out of really real wine cork so super cute oh my gosh that's such a great idea oh beth we didn't even know you were doing tips i mean i love first of all we know um i like a charcuterie board so that's an awesome idea but i love the idea of taking chocolates too and a wine bottle with an ornament what i've never thought of this that's such a good idea it's so cute i can't tell you and I, I don't know so about you, but I, I that would be interesting. Yes. And I love having those kind of gifts ready to go because, yes. you know, it's always, you know, sometimes you get that last minute, you know, and again, we're all busy and I don't have time to go right. run and get something else. So to have a couple of those just ready to go, that's such an exactly. awesome idea. I love it. And, yeah, that's and perfect. so they're, yeah. little, they're little core courses or so, uh, we have also um, a dog and we also have a teddy bear. Cute. So super cute. Yeah, I was just going to say you don't you don't need to have a specific size to kind of yeah. dressage yeah. someone. Such, what you I'm, dressage I'm up someone's kitchen, like you know no that sizes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about like no sizes. Make it simple. I love it. You know? It's so true. Right. No, but it, it it it's true. And just um, you know, again at the barn, you're. I mean. Phil and I, you know, talking from the trainer, uh, we always right. love chocolates. You know, I always love wine. Let's be real. Right. But <laughs> this is such a good thing to have, you know, for your barn party or a Christmas get together. Uh, we always do kind right. of a barn, barn lunch. Um, we happen to have, um, you know, uh, my coach is coming in on a, on a Monday, Tuesday in, in December, which is kind of fun. And, uh, we're going to do a little barn lunch and a, and a little white elephant gift. So that would be oh, such nice. a good idea. Yes. 
Yes, and we have tote bags, and we have wine glasses, and we have um, just just a ball cap, super cute that you don't need a you don't need a size. We have really fantastic soy candles that are um, horsey. So I mean, the cutting boards and the wine glasses, and there's just lots of fun stuff this year for Christmas. Oh my gosh, I love it. So I know. Tell us, I mean, for next year, is there a hot color? Is there anything coming out um, that we can be looking for next year? You know, because it's almost, it's only 2023. Can't believe it. I know. <laughs> I do have to say that Burgundy is still making a strong statement. And I think it's doing that because it's not bright mm-hmm. and it needs to have a lot of brown undertone. Um, but you know, a really pretty Bordeaux coat is, um, is, is still going to be hot for this coming year. Love it. And then another thing that's going to be, that is still running strong for this coming year is mesh shad bellies. What? They're mesh shad bellies. So I that way it. you don't have to show without your coat, Yeah. but yet you have a lightweight, breathable, beautiful coat with linings in the tails goes in the washing machine and it's under $450. Stop it. No, I'm I need that. I'm getting one of those. I'm literally coming in immediately when I get there. It is so good. I I can't, and it fits so beautifully. It's amazing that we, that they can make it for that because it's, it's got just a little subtle tone on tone bling. I mean, it's got it all. And I will always stolen stolen it from the from the jumpers, right? You know, I was just having this conversation Um, with someone like a jumper coat. They're they're making them so started with the mesh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's be real. On my body, you're gonna have to peel that thing off my cold dead body. Like I'm not, I'm wearing it. If I'm if I'm showing an FBI horse, I I got a shad belly on. Unless they force me to take it off, so I'm really liking this. (laughs) I don't know anybody. That's going to show without the coat on. No, so if yeah. you get a really hot and humid day, uh, let's even think about you've got a really nice coat. And maybe you don't want to wear it in the yeah. rain. So this gives you an option. A backup. You know? It's a backup. I love it. Yeah, or that you really have hot... a backup and yeah. you have something that's <gasps> really comfortable and breathable and lightweight and cool. Um, I had a client who came in and bought one navy and one black. Yeah. She but said, I have, I have three Grand Prix horses. Come on. She said, I'm not going to get out there sweating my buns off. It's a great you idea. Know, you don't want to yeah, well, feel I mean, like you're going to faint. I was just, uh, yeah, having a conversation with somebody else about, about like how we have to, you know, dress up like Downton Abbey butlers and then to like do a sport, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so True. hot. It's, it's uh, like, yeah. it's not, it's not conducive to, uh, to good, good sport, you know, good sport. We have people, you know, I've been at shows and uh, like, oh, that lady, you know, I was just talking to her steward or whatever, like that lady better stop riding or, you know, get off or something because you see people, you know, just really exhausted, you know, in the heat and they're working hard and, and, and the, the competition uniform is not conducive to, to, to yeah. doing sport. Yeah. I mean, I we have it. plenty of mass short coats. But this this FEI coat is just amazing, amazing. So this is something that was really special, and it doesn't cost a fortune. Oh, I love it. You know? No, I, I, again. Yeah. So everybody, if you want to get your trainer a gift card uh-huh. to get the yeah. shad belly, or you know, I, I love when barns kind of get together and everybody throws in to give the trainer a gift. I think that's so yeah. nice. And a lot of times people will do that for, for the sound systems or something that the trainer really needs. But, oh, my gosh, this would be amazing. I love it. Absolutely. Just saying to my own barn group. Hello, barn. No, <laughs> just kidding. No, I love it. Well, Beth, these are such amazing ideas. I, as always, you have the best ideas. Anything else um, for this holiday season that's super hot? Um. I think uh, that you can, I mean, if you can get a belt for somebody, I think yeah. belts are very hot. Um, also, the phone cases that go on the belts, 
have been really hot this year as well. And you can buy it separately or you can buy it together. And I think, and then of course you can't go wrong with like a gift card. And, um, and then, uh, but the bottle of wine and the cork cork horse ornament, I'm telling you, I know it's only $10, but we were so excited about it. (laughs) It's just such a fun thing. I think they're so good. I mean, I think that's such a great idea. I really think it's an amazing idea. I'm going to send you a picture because it's so cute. I love it. I love it. I know. And they actually get the real champagne corks. They actually got little signs on the front of them. It says their name and the name is is the wine. And that's the corks that they have. Oh my gosh, that is so! I know they're so fun. I mean, I can, I can, you know, I have a, I can have a stash. I could, I could take, you know, yes. send to them. Just saying, I'm, you know, I, yeah, I want to take absolutely. one for the team. <laughs> you know, you just pull one out. I mean, you know, and say, here, I've got some, and you don't even need to do it for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, it could be for anything. It's just so cute. I love it. Such so. a great idea. Well, Beth, how can we find you online to see all these great ideas? thehorseofcourse.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Beth, and happy holidays. And the same to you. Take care. Thank you for having me. As a listener of the show, you might have heard us talk about Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a new concept for equestrian, and it presents a really cool opportunity, the opportunity for you to take a lesson with a top coach anytime you'd like. Here's how it works. Ride IQ is a mobile app for iPhone and Android with hundreds of on-demand listen-while-you-ride audio lessons taught by top coaches across dressage, eventing, even the natural horsemanship, and sports psychology. In fact, I'm one of the coaches you can take lessons with with Ride IQ if you're not already tired of my voice. Whether you're looking to add structure to your rides, try new exercises, or build confidence, Ride IQ can help. With Ride IQ, you won't be waiting for your in-person lessons to make progress. You can make exceptionally productive rides on training days as well. Every membership automatically includes a two-week free trial. After that, membership is just $29.99 per month. Because you're a Dressage Radio Show listener, you'll get $15 off your first payment after the free trial. Just go to rideiq.com to sign up and use the code D-R-S, to get your discount. That's rideiq.com and promo code D-R-S to start having the most productive schooling rides you've ever had. As promised, here is our tip from Lawrence Spicer and Ride IQ. Hello, everyone. I am Lauren Spicer, and I am in the barn, and I am just putting the bridle on Fernie. Fernie is a, I don't know, 12 or something year old Dutch horse. Belongs to a student of mine. And Fernie is perhaps not the most forward-thinking animal in the history of the universe. And that's not going to work for me. It has to, uh, my horses, the things I ride, have to be sharp to the leg because I don't like begging all that much. And so I am starting this conversation in the barn because how I cultivate inspiration and forward thinkingness in my horses starts in the barn. I am just putting the bridle on. Hello. And from the get go, my horse has to move away from and with just my energy. My coach, Ali Brock, calls it a thought aid. If I think go, he needs to go. Now, this is a horse, again, that I mentioned is not super forward-thinking. He's also a very confident horse. He's not insecure. He's not spooky or flighty or anything that I have to worry about energy management with. I can just inspire him forward and then not have to worry about it so much. So I'm just putting the curb chain on. I am taking a hold of my lead rope to hang it up by our wash stall. Now I'm standing next to him with my energy down. I'm just kind of sitting here exhaling. (sighs) And now we're going to walk out of the cross ties. And he's going to walk with me. Or I'm going to get on his case a little bit. Good boy. And now I'm in the aisle. 
I'm going to exhale and halt again. Good boy. Hi. And he's already looking at me like, uh-oh, it's you. Yep, I get that. Bring my energy up and walk off. Good boy. That time he walked right with me. Good man. Keep walking down the aisle. Hang up my halter by the wash doll. Give Puckerman a pet on the nose. And I'm going to test that one more time before I actually get on. So I'm going to bring my energy down and halt. I'm just standing here in the barn aisle with the horse next to me. Bring my energy up, walk off. I didn't like that answer. He didn't try hard enough. And I'm going to exhale again. You get some fun music in the background. Bring my energy up and he'd better walk off with me. Good boy. So what do I do when he doesn't walk off with me? Door is I, I don't have a whip in my hand right now, but I just sort of reach my left hand behind me like I'm going to smack him on the butt. And I surge off a little bit more purposefully and I'll come with a cluck cluck to make him go. And I, you know, it's not like I want to torture him, but I'm not shy about startling him a little bit to say, hey, wake up. You've got to be sharp. and You've got to be attentive to what I need from you. So now I've brought my energy level back down. We come into the arena, Oof, moving the mounting block because it's not nice to get on from the ground when you're a big fat person like me. Whoa, good boy. Whoa, good boy. And we stand at the mounting block like an adult, sir. And here I am, just standing, getting my feet in the stirrups, getting my reins organized, keeping my energy level nice and low. I know you're very smart. He's like, let's go. I know that I'm about to get told to go like hell. Yep, that's a good boy. So now I'm going to walk off with my energy up and I'm going to have barely closed my legs to do it. If I have to even really put my leg on, he is not sensitive enough to my aid. We're not talking about a transition from Piaf to Passage here where you it's okay to sort of put your leg on and support him. We're talking about going from halt to walk. If I have to work hard for that transition, I'm in big trouble. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. And don't forget, everybody, we have a book club. In, and if you need some holiday relief and to read about horses, we got you. Horse Brain, Human Brain by Janet L. Jones. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. It's a great book. I've started it, but I may have to table it literally until after the holidays. We'll see. But we'll uh, we'll circle back in January. So don't forget that's going. And uh, it's a great book. And we thank Martha at Trafalgar Square, which is horseandriderbooks.com. It is a great Christmas gift. And we're very thankful Ruth uh, uh, put our books, all the book club books we've done, which, Phil, we're at over 20, I think, now, which is crazy. Um, all the books that we've gone over in the show that are part of our book club are on our Facebook page. Uh, you can find them and, uh, we're, we're thrilled about that. So those are also, if you need a last minute Christmas gift, we got you. So we got, we hope you have a wonderful holiday season and keep the email and Facebook shout outs. If you have anything fun at your barn, let us know, Phil, keep an eye on the Facebook page because I am judging a holiday writing contest. It's not all dressage. It's it's anything anybody wants to do on Sunday at a local barn. I'm really excited. It's it's and I I did tell all the participants that um, bribing the judge is encouraged. So we'll <laughs> see how I do. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to uh, judging a Christmas contest. So if you're doing anything fun for Christmas, send it and put it on our Facebook page or send it to us. We'd love to see it. And we hope you have a great holiday season. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way is probably to find me is probably through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors tonight for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we hope you have a wonderful holiday season with your family and your horses. We hope you enjoy, and we will talk to you soon. (laughs) 